hey, it's only the best. Yeah, it's the everybody's favorite podcast. <laughs> Everyone. Everybody's favorite podcast about We're coming for you, Joe Rogan. Oh, wow. Don't threaten him. He's intimidating. He is. Where was I going? It's everyone's favorite podcast about looking at entertainment thoughtfully. Yep. That's the thing, right? That is correct. Arts and entertainment and music mm-hmm. and whatnot. So fun. Really is. This is the most fun episode you ever did here as well. It's the most fun I've had yeah. in an episode. Do you know why? I'm clicking around. Because it's with our... <laughs> Are we going to say Beloved again? I was... It, it <laughs> almost came out. Is, that gonna, is this going to be episode two of us just saying Beloved? I really hope not. Uh, where was I going? <laughs> oh, such a great, such yeah, a great day. It is. I'm low on caffeine, but uh, today we've got an interview with Arthur Alligood. Yes. And we're talking about the album we just talked about. <gasps> One night only, except this time we get to hear all about it straight from the horse's mouth. Straight. In the most nicest way of me ever being able to say that. Yes. It's very nice. Yes. Very uh, nice guy. And it's it's a great conversation. It Stick is. around for that. It is. Stick around. But, uh, you know, we always talk about new stuff, old stuff, whatever we're getting into now. I don't yep. have really... I, I, I should have music news. That should be a new segment. Ooh. Or, or movie news or something like that. Yeah. That's kind of what I try to do, find new stuff. But uh, it always just ends up being the same stuff I've been... Uh, listening to oh except right here i have it written down because i knew i'd forget i'm recommending a podcast oh boy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, i want to talk about the anselm society bless you <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh the anselm society is like mm, mm, it's not a company it's a group of people who kind of do a conglomeration do. Mm-hmm. it's a group of people a confederation uh, it's not a confederation, no. Oh. <laughs> They're not trying to secede? They're not trying to secede yet. No. Oh. <laughs> Goodness. Goodness me. No. <laughs> Off the rails. <laughs> You've ruined me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're a group of people from Colorado Springs, Colorado is where they are based. In our motherland. Our motherland. The land of our birth. Yes. Uh, and they, they look at art and the church as uh, and see where they hold hands. And they think about that very thoughtfully. And I thought it would be appropriate to mention them here because if it wasn't for them... <clears throat> I'm sipping my coffee again. If it wasn't for them, we probably would not have this podcast episode right here. Oh, why? Because in 2015, I believe... Here's year how of our the story Lord. goes. Yes, Year of Our Lord, 2015. Uh... Thanks for the joke. That was nice. <laughs> uh, it's the only way to. It's the only way to say years. The year of our Lord, two thousand two thousand and fifteen. Yes, I was back in our motherland of Colorado Springs, Colorado. Me you too. were there too. I was. You're part of the story. I was. Anyway, we went to go see a concert because yes. we were there. We went to go see a couple concerts that year, but one of them happened to be at a small Anglican church, smallish. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I don't know the congregation size. I'll look it up now. Don't quit looking things up. <laughs> no, it was for uh, Son of Laughter, a.k.a. Yes. Chris Slayton. We got to talk about him at some point on here. Yeah, he, One just, day. he j- just came out with a new album, I thought. Uh, it was a little bit longer ago, but know. close enough. Anyway, we went to go see him, and we had a lot of fun. Yeah. And the Anselm Society put that on. Oh, well, yeah. good for them. Yeah, it was great. It was a good concert. And I got on their email list that night. Same. 
I though I think it went straight to my spam and I never checked it. Well, see, I only saw it every now and then, and I kind of was like, oh bummer, I'm not in Colorado, and so I just kind of scrolled past. Anyway, that's not. I'm getting ahead of myself in the story. Okay. Uh, later, I saw something about Chris Slayton on the Rabbit Room website. Later in 2015, Disgusting. saw that he was playing a show with some guy called Arthur Alligood. I was like, who's this Arthur guy? And they had a link to the song Darkness to Light on that page where they were talking about it. And I was like, oh, this is good. And it was, and, and I, I fell in music love. Wait, you've only been listening to Arthur for four, four years? years? Yeah, I said, I explained this last week. Yeah, I guess in my mind, we're still not in uh, 2019. We're still in 2015 because my brain is not good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Well, that that's how it happened. I know. And it's all because of the Anselm Society. And recently I started, like, noticing the emails again. Like, oh, man, I missed... I, I, that was fun. And uh, I noticed that they have podcasts. Oh, good for I was them. like, ooh. And one of them that I have just connected to, like, with both hands the, the list, this last week. It's only been this last week, but I've been listening to a lot of it. It's called Believe to See. Uh-huh. And it's great. It's hosted by a guy named Matt... It used to be hosted by a guy named Matt and a guy named Marcus, but he gone now. Did anyways? Did he? Get it's booted fantastic. In that wave of like pastors getting kicked to the curb, <laughs> there was a scandal. No, no, I wouldn't make that. I take that joke back. I retract the joke. No, he moved somewhere. I think. Oh. Anyway, why? <laughs> I don't know. A lot anyway. of these pastors moved somewhere. Yeah. Okay. We're not going to make mean jokes like that, Tim. Uh, no. It's great. You know how this podcast was supposed to be more about art than it was movies and music? No. Well, it was, and now it's not. It's just about movies and music. Well, I mean... Well, it's that that podcast is everything this show was supposed to be. Well, you, 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 when you came to me for this, you were just like, hey, man, you want to talk about movies? Music, I know, because I knew I had to really, art. And I, I was had like, to really sure, man. Somehow. Anyway, no, but I like the place that our podcast is going. But I love listening to that one. They've got great guests. Mm-hmm. But just great Better people. than ours? Yeah, no. Because oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we've had one guest. Well, we've had three guests. We've, we've had one guest that um, actually makes things. Whoa. I know. They've got lots of guests that make things. That's Savage. I, mean. I know, but our guest that makes things... Okay, I'll say it. Just to redeem graces, our guest that makes things is better than any they have ever had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Wait, has man. he been on there? Uh, I don't think so. Well, if he is, then we're... I haven't heard all the episodes. But Believe to See by the Anselm Society, it's great. Okay. It's fantastic. You gotta listen to it. I laugh. I think about things. It's deep, but not... Mm, I, I almost unaccessible? Said not waiting. Yeah, it's not unaccessible. It's very, very accessible. Right on. I love it. Look up Believe to See. Do uh, it. Show them some love. Tell them who sent you. Yeah. Give them hugs. Have they heard of you? What? Have they heard of No. Us? Okay. No. Why would we tell them who sent I don't know. For fun. Okay. Also, what? Also, what's your thing that you're bringing to this table, for this opening? Oh goodness, no, nothing. I've not really been into anything new. You haven't been. Not really. You haven't been into anything, you big liar. Well, I mean, it's it's all the same old stuff, basically. You know. Like it's what? like, oh, well, it's again. Tim. It's just like Tim's stuff, you know. Uh, 
Mm. Metal. Oh, wow. <laughs> like whom? Uh, should I say this on the podcast? Our first album we, we reviewed was a metalcore album. No, no. Well, that was a Christian band. Who? <laughs> Who? <laughs> what, what's this? Uh, what's this new development? I like a few corn songs. I'll say it. <laughs> oh, gross. I know. It's That's terrible. Old. It is. Well. Are you an old man? I am an old man. Are you a gross man. old man? I am a gross old man. Icky. Yep. Um, I like their stuff with Skrillex. Moving on. <laughs> uh, also a thing. <laughs> also a thing is Real Friends put out an EP about a month ago. Oh, good for them. Uh, I know, and I've been meaning. I keep meaning to mention it, and I don't. Real Friends put out an EP of acoustic songs from their last record. Oh, good for them. And it's good. Okay. Look it up. I think it's just called More Acoustic Songs, or More Acoustic Recordings, or something like that. Aptly named. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty good. If you if you don't know who Real Friends are, they're they're uh, emo pop punk type band, but very modern. They're, are they woke? I, uh, I hope so. Uh <laughs> The, no, they're they're very modern. They don't sound like dated. They they they're one of the bands that is really bringing uh, like emo music and pop punk. Like they're keeping it, they're keeping it up. updated. Yeah, it's it's real. It's real. And so uh, the acoustic EP, I think, would be actually a good place to start. Uh, I mean, if you're offended by language, maybe don't do it. But, yeah. Well. Uh, it's good music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. Mm-hmm. I like it. Although they call it acoustic, but I'm pretty sure they were using like drum pad. <laughs> I know. Those cheers. Also, also, season three of Documentary Now is on Netflix. Holler. I've been going through it. Uh, we'll keep you updated on at the end of it. I'll let you guys know what the best episode is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Documentary Now, season three. And if that's all, all it is, maybe we should just go into that interview now, huh? Probably should. That's that would a good be one. a fun idea. All right, guys. We're going to take it to the wishy interludes, whatever sound happens after this, and then we're going to talk to Arthur Alligate, and it'll be a great fun time. See yep. you guys. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, uh, I don't know, I assume I'll probably have already recorded uh, some sort of intro for this so we can just get into it. Uh, the the first, like, I, I have some questions written down just because I'm an idiot, but uh, uh, first things first... Uh, it looks like you listened to the the episode where we talked about your newest album. Uh, what did we get wrong? <laughs> what what just made your blood boil as you listened to a speculate? You, you didn't make my blood boil at all. I was laughing my head off. Okay. Oh, so good. That's what I we just, aim for. Go ahead. I said that's what we aim for. <laughs> I was just um, like every now and then I will just kind of search to see if I'm missing anything like press wise, like if there's any like a review that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. And so I just searched the record and I saw you guys. And then I was like, it said one night only. I was like, Hmm, I wonder if that's surely that's not me. And then I, <laughs> then I listened to it and I was like, Oh, this is great. Um, so it's, I, to me, it's like, I would rather, um, people be talking about it and not be talking about it yeah yeah so i don't know i got a kick out of you guys are in montana too so no that's great you know like anybody that like doesn't that i'm not blood related to that mm-hmm. you, know, <laughs> you know supporting me like it's like oh this is a win so Same. yeah <laughs> i loved it i'll say awesome good 
Yeah, love it. So uh, uh, in that episode, we kind of speculated about a theme through the album. Some albums are written specifically with a theme in mind. Uh, Some of them aren't, but I feel like most albums have a theme, whether people want them to or not. Uh, Is there an intended theme with One Night Only or? Well, to preface, so the the title is because it's kind of twofold. Mm-hmm. So this whole record is because I turned forty back in May, and so I wanted I wanted to put out something just to kind of be like, you know, because I mean it's kind of marks over twenty years of writing songs and stuff for me. So I just kind of wanted to put some put something out, and I I'm working on this other project and it's not ready, mm-hmm. and so I I thought, well I've got like kind of a handful of songs some new songs and then songs kind of that have been sitting around that I've never done anything with. What, what about like, if I get a buddy of mine, uh, my my buddy Nick came in and played electric guitar. And so we basically set up in my living room. And so we recorded the whole thing in one night. So, So there's no overdubs. There's no, um, there was just, I mean, kind of, it was basically like, don't, don't overthink it. I think we maybe did like the most we did was three takes of one song, but each song is a complete take. We're not, you know, it's not kind of like mix, you know, like, you know, modern recording, you're kind of taking a vocal take here and mm-hmm. it's none of that. So it is like literally me in my living room playing these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that may answer some of your questions as far as my choices on why I, Mm-hmm. why obviously it sounds the way it does because mm-hmm. it sounds like I'm in a room yeah, playing yeah. music mm-hmm. um, so and and I it was kind of a quick idea like I'm, I'm kind of whimsical I'll just get an idea and go oh let's do that yeah. and I instead of like letting myself get so bogged down into the details mm-hmm. I kind of give myself some parameters parameters to kind of go no okay we're going to do it at this during this time with mm-hmm. these tools and just like let it, you know, kind of put it out there and let it go. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. theme wise, I wasn't, I didn't really have time to think of themes. <laughs> um, I've, I, I typically, I don't know how you guys are, but I typically find those afterwards. Yeah. Like I write and then I'm like, Oh, okay. So there's kind of like, uh, like issues of like getting older and, Mm-hmm. Um, shame and regret and all that kind of stuff. I'm not thinking about that while I'm writing. I'm that's yeah. that's kind of a post processing thing for me. Where on the back end, I'm going, oh, okay. So that's what I was trying to say. Gotcha. Right on. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I get that, and I appreciate that. And I, I think, I think a lot of times themes in any kind of art come about just from coming from a person and the point in their life that where they're at. It just kind yeah. of, kind of comes from the same well, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It can be kind of just unintentional. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's where you're at, so that's what you're writing. And it just... Yeah. Later, you kind of realize, oh, hey, there's... It's all connected. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's kind of the joy in writing for me is... Or what keeps me writing. Like, if I... I don't know. Maybe there's some people out there that know exactly what they want to say and they say it, and then it's done. I'm sure those people exist, but I'm not one of them. 
like it's it's a discovery for me it's a tool for my just my own sanity to grow in just a myriad of ways spiritually emotionally um so it's i mean you guys have heard the phrase that songwriting is cheap therapy yeah and it's very it's very true in my case like yeah. I've been writing since i was in high school and it's just been this thing that i can't not do mm -hmm. um and so yeah so i i'm i'm discovering as as sometimes a listener will point out something and i'm like oh man <laughs> I, I have no clue that that was even there and that's to me, that's what keeps me doing it, is I like those discoveries. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know? So. Yeah. 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 That's good. Well, I, that, that's some of the best part of, like, sharing things that you make, is it, it kind of grows past the initial yeah. Uh, point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you, you said you recorded that in, in one night. Were those songs, how long had most of those songs been written before you recorded them? Um. So like a song like Scheduling the Revival, that mm -hmm. was, that almost went on, I have not seen the wind. So that's how old that wow. is. So wow. that song's been written since like 2010. And we actually had, I had demoed it for that record. Mm -hmm. And we just couldn't, it's just kind of one of those raucous, like, I don't yeah. know how to put this on an album. It's kind of yeah. like, mm -hmm. I don't use like if you put that at the first song, it's like what's the point of the rest of the record? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. it's just kind of like yeah. So I've just held on to that one, and I just kind of I guess turning forty, I'm just like I really want that one to be out there. I just think it's kind of like I'm not good at humor in songs, so mm -hmm. when I do like get a, just a touch of that, I'm like I grab onto it because. I have a really hard time of being like super serious a lot of times and I'm not really that kind of guy. Like if we hung out, uh -huh. I, I don't think that I'm not like, I don't like, you know, like cut myself and I'm not pensive. <laughs> I mean, I have those moments, but I'm not, um, I'm a goofball, you know? And so I think that, that side of me has not really ever come out in my songwriting. And so I'm trying to kind of like, I wanted that one to be out there um, to kind of go, because it's tongue in cheek. I, I think that was one of the questions in the podcast is that, yeah. am I critiquing it or am yeah. I, what, what yeah. was the other part of what you were asking in there? Uh, I, I don't know. I could, oh, I think it was in four verses into an altar call. Mm. I, I think I, I was wondering, I couldn't tell uh, if it was a, a, a very like, uh, heavy tea spillage towards uh kind of religious experience or just like well that's great for the people who get it but sometimes i just don't get it yeah honest he what i was thinking after listening to you guys talk was how unique music is in comparison to writing so if you're you know like we have all these different genres in writing. And so if you pick up a fantasy book, you pick up The Hobbit, you know immediately what you're, you're going to have to suspend your disbelief. You're going to have to deal with realms and, you know, all this different stuff, as opposed to like reading an essay or, you know what I'm saying? And in music and songs specifically, 
you might get a genre that's that's to indicate what it it's supposed to sound like, but it doesn't indicate what perspective it's going to come from or um, the content. Is it autobiographical or is it uh, just a story? You know, and so I think four verses in an altar call is completely 100% made up. It's just that I just like the story. The idea of a girl having this religious experience and the guy's just like doesn't get it and knows that the relationship's not going to work because she's she's all in with Jesus and yeah. he's like I don't um, you know he's he's dozing off you know okay so I I hate that in songs like that I can't come in on the song and go hey by the way this is just a made up song and, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so you yeah. just put it out there, and 99% of the time, people think I'm like speaking autobiographically, mm -hmm. and it's it's sometimes frustrating because I'm like, I'm not. I just I like good stories, and and sometimes they come from my own experience, and sometimes they're just like little things I think up. So. Oh, that that's really interesting to know. I'm gonna have to give the album a, a listen again with that in mind. Yeah, I mean, like, Scheduling a Revival is is very autobiographical. Yeah. Uh, at Merton's Cabin, very autobiographical. Um, yeah. But a song like Murder of Crows is basically my, you know, my view on climate change and, mm -hmm. and uh, the role of environment and my faith and all that. So, I mean... Gotcha. Yeah, so there's... I'm coming from a lot of different... Uh, perspectives and I again that's that's why conversations and stuff outside of the music is so important because it helps I think like people like you guys kind of go oh okay I see where you're coming from yeah 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 well, that is good to know uh, yeah. let, let me think here <laughs> I, I know I wrote stuff down but uh, I'm just like I said an idiot uh, so so being that some of these songs are uh, uh, quite a bit older. Are there yeah. songs that after you recorded them, you you kind of were like, well, why did I pick that song to record instead of this song, or or are you just completely happy with your choices for? Um, I I, I think it goes back to that process. Kind of again, the way I view songwriting, it is not like I'll contrast it. Next week, I'm gonna do like a co-write with a friend of mine and she's like really successful and has like song placements and all that. Mm -hmm. And I don't do much co-writing. So for me, songwriting is this thing that's very personal and I'm trying to kind of work out my, well, I mean, excuse my language, my own marshmallows, you know, I'm trying to like really deal with my own stuff here. And so, you know, next week I want, I, I kind of have to kind of, in co-writing, I'll have to kind of lace a lot of my own stuff. I mean, I, I'm going to bring what I have to the table, but it's, it's not going to be my, it's not going to be my processing. It's going to be kind of like, okay, I want to partner with somebody and we're going to write this thing, come up with this thing together. Um, so I think for me, like this album was like, I just want to do something put it out to the world and 
not second guess myself, which I, you know, we all do. And, and just kind of like, okay, this is where I am. Like if I want to put a, like a stamp on where I am, 2019, May of 2019, this is, this is where I am. This was a moment and I can't, it's, it's very healthy for my personality to not be able to go back in and go, no, well, we should have done this and we should have like, just to let go of it, you know, and there, there will be some projects where I'm going to be like, no, we gotta, we gotta edit that. Like this one project I'm working on now, like it's going to take a while because it's, I'm very in that perfectionist mode. But I, I think I, I think I, I oscillate back and forth between just like totally going for it to like being in the workshop and like crafting. You know, and so yeah. I, I think I go back and forth. And sometimes I think some releases for me are just like, I just need to go for it. And um, I think I'll always do that. And I know that those releases are not necessarily for everybody. They may be just for a small, like The Shadow. I know, I think that's how we, is that, was that the record that, uh, Dan, that you first got? Um, I think it was the first one that you released when I was already a fan. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, okay. so I started listening to you, and then probably like a month later, that one came out. Okay, okay. Well, like that one was cost me the least amount of money, mm -hmm. the least amount of time recording it, minus the one I just did in a night, but mm -hmm. yet has has been the one that seems to have gone. I mean, I just, so many people have, I've written me about that record and I just kind of like, I, I know that I needed to do that. And I, but I know also too, that there's some people that don't get it because it's really, really bare and really sparse and stripped down. And, but I understand that. And I, but I, I think for me, it's like, I'm not on a label and I don't have to like make a, some kind of record. I can mm -hmm. just make the, like, if I'm in a moment and I feel like I need to make a certain album, I can do that mm -hmm. and no one can stop me. And I know that, you know, like that's going to be for somebody. It may not be for everybody. Like yeah. I feel like one silver needle, that is like a very produced, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I hate to say almost poppy in some ways, you know? Um, and I love it, but it's like, I don't, I, I don't feel like I can make that record every time going out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. It's like you, you can't make the same thing for dinner every night. That would just be the worst. That would be yeah, Terrible. and financially, that's yeah. I mean, a lot yeah. of a lot of the reason that I I'm not like I know you mentioned making a rock record, and I need to do that. I want I want to. You kind of inspired me. I feel like you've you've dared me to make a rock album. So I I'll credit you. For that. <laughs> but um, like I I don't have the. You know, I don't tour a lot, and so I don't have a lot of income in coming in to put into like actually recording. So it's it's tough sometimes. Like when I would love, like if given resources, I would I would love to go do this, you know. But I just kind of sometimes I just it's just not there. So it's yeah. then I'm in the dilemma. Well, do I just wait until I have the resources, or mm -hmm. do I? continue to do what I feel like I'm supposed to do and make music and release it. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, that yeah. was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so uh, is there anything that you uh, feel, feel comfy talking about the next project now, like a little early scoop yeah. on that? Well, I, um, my, my family, I, I just recently lost my, uh, my mom's dad. And so I have one remaining grandparent oh. and we're, uh, you know, I'm from, I'm from middle Georgia, you know? And so all my family, we were the only family to kind of like move out. We moved to Tennessee. My dad was a journalist and we moved around to where he got jobs and stuff. And, um, so I think, uh, I need to do a, I want to do a record and that's what I'm working on. Kind of based on the stories from my family. My, my grandfather was a World war two vet. Um, my dad's dad was a Baptist preacher for like 60 years. Um, it's just a lot of, stories and experiences that I kind of been accumulating throughout my life. And I, I kind of want to do a record, um, on, on those stories. And I'm even talking, <laughs> I don't know, it's going to be a big thing, but like doing like a double album where mm. like one album is, is kind of looking at like my, my mom's side of my family and the other album is is kind of dealing with stories and experiences from my dad's side of the family, and so, um, yeah. So I'm talking to Kenny Kenny Hudson. I don't know if you know him. He uh, he produced. Uh, I have not seen the wind, okay. and uh, he's the like banjo, dobro, mandolin player for David Crowder. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're we're. Uh, you know, still stay in touch. And so I've kind of approached him, uh, on this project and he's, he's all in. So we're trying to kind of like figure out funding and if we want to do a Kickstarter and all, you know, it's just so, but the main deal right now is to write the song. So I'm, I, yeah. I, was, I was fortunate enough to, um, I have like hour long recordings with each four of my grandparents and I'm mm -hmm. just asking them about their life and where they were born, what their upbringing was like. And so I'm actually like listening to those and then actually using those as almost like, you know, the source text to actually write, write songs. So I don't know. It's kind of a weird, I never thought I'd be making a record or trying yes. to make a record like this, but I, I mean, the end goal is to kind of like for it to be universal and that, Mm -hmm. you guys or anybody else mm -hmm. you know like how much your family shapes you know the line you come from how much that shapes who you are negatively and positively yeah uh, you know yeah absolutely uh, so yeah that's it yeah uh, that sounds great i i look forward to that because yeah. I'd, I'd look forward to listening to that uh yeah at the, at the risk of sounding a bit disrespectful uh if you did do a a double album, uh, which side of your family would be the rock album? <laughs> oh, there would be rock on both. Like, so scheduling revival is kind of like from my mom's side experience. <laughs> so I I've always wanted to do like a like barn burner. 
full band version of scheduling a revival. I think that would just yeah. kick some butt. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there'd be rock on both sides for sure. Um, and a lot of, um, I mean, it would kind of run the gamut. I mean, there'd be some gospel in there too, just growing up in the church. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And I, Kenny also, we had talked about doing a couple of tracks on each, or maybe one on each album that would be more like a, um, like an instrumental. So we would collaborate and he has access to like these amazing like players. Like, I mean, like several members from David Crowder's band would be, you know, I mean that, that would be incredible and just, yeah. So it's, I kind of feel like it would have the, the kind of production quality of one silver needle, but, uh, a little more kind of epic in scope, you know, as far as, yeah, so I don't know. Now I've got to write all these songs, and now I'm like, what? What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that sounds good. It does. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, while while on the subject, you mentioned uh, ho- hoping to get in touch with all these musicians through your uh, connections that you, yeah. you have. Uh, when you're writing songs and you're writing music for songs, do you find um, your inspiration for kind of artistic momentum and moving forward or into a new sphere comes more from listening to different music, more from interacting with other musicians or, or maybe playing shows with people or, or just kind of dinking around in the studio on, on your own, just trying to push the envelope with what you make. Yeah. Um, it, are you talking about it's just far, as far as how the songs sound or like what I write about? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, well, really both. Like, like okay. figuring out a sound for a song and going, at, like, that's what that sound's supposed to sound like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think for me, um, music is it. I listen to a ton of different music. Mm-hmm. Like, my wife just entered the room, and it's like, our playlists are everything from, like, Chance the Rapper to... You know, I mean, Kendrick Lamar, I mean, like, we'll, I know it sounds crazy, but we like yeah. a lot of rap. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I listen to tons of different types of music, and I run a lot, so I'm like, like, I just consume a lot of music just by, like, running three miles and listening to a record, you know. Yeah. So that is one way. Another way is like this, like conversations. Like I'm, I listen to how people, uh, what people say and how people talk and, um, or experiences people have been through. And so I I get a lot of inspiration subject wise by just having a conversation with a friend or my daughters say something that was, you know, really insightful and they didn't mean it insightful you know mm-hmm. um, so yeah so that like just living life i write so much like i'll like i'll have a break and i'll i'll go and write a memo or have a melody as i'm walking like i teach school mm-hmm. and so i have a melody and i'll just i'll i'll go into the bathroom <laughs> and sing the melody into my phone and then walk back out like this is totally normal, you know? Um, but yeah, that, and then reading book, like books and podcasts, like conversations and podcasts, 
and uh, just novels and poetry inspire me too. Uh, anything that kind of get me looking at something from like a different angle, um, that really helps me a lot. Uh, that's great. It, do, it doesn't surprise me at all that you listen to a lot of different kinds of music. I, I find like my favorite writers or, or uh, musicians or singers a lot of times listen to sp sprawling genres. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, mm -hmm. we're, um, I don't know. I think some, sometimes, I just sometimes I meet people that only know me by my music, mm -hmm. and then we have a conversation, and it's almost like I see them like realize that I'm not what they thought of, <laughs> you know, like I'm not in my room like mm -hmm. depressed, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just I'm not I'm not and. Uh, though I do have those moments, but I, I think for some reason my writing's always gone back to that. I don't know why. I can't not go there, and I think it's just—I I don't know—trying to get to the bottom of something or get to the root of something. And I think just I've just been digging for a while, and I—I um, don't know. That's where I feel comfortable. Is is kind of peeling back the layers or digging at something and trying to reveal what's underneath. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's great. I like that. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um, I, I know when I, when I was reviewing your album, I mentioned somewhere, I think, I think it made it on, where, where I, I kind of, I was listening to one of, one of your songs, I think it was Four Verses into an Altar Call, and I, I was like trying to pull it apart, trying to find meaning without knowing that it wasn't you. I was sitting there dissecting it, and I was like likening it to something the Blink One Eighty Two lead singer said. And then afterwards, I was like, "Is anybody who knows this album gonna know who Tom from Blink One Eighty Two is? And if anybody who knows Blink One Eighty Two are they gonna care what this album is? Because it, it's hard to find people who know yeah. what thing who like have that expanse. Yeah, it's weird that I meet people who only listen to one kind of music." It freaks me out. Well, I know. I know. I can't. I don't. I mean, I can't do it. I, I mean, I don't. Yeah. That, I mean, there's. I mean, we're here in Tennessee. And so. I mean, I worked with a, a girl. Her, her husband said, if the radio wasn't on country, it was broke. And nope. <laughs> so basically, if it wasn't on a country radio station, it's what's the point, you know? And it's I can't like I yeah. just can't do it. And I I'm just too curious. I mean, I'm just too. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what's helped me over the years is to kind of like you only like if you are writing in like for me, kind of like Americana or singer-songwriter, and you only listen to singer-songwriter music, mm -hmm. you're just, I don't know. I just, to me, that's just a recipe just to end up sounding exactly like everybody else. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. I, I think it was Rick Rubin, the producer, he, he once yeah. said, uh, people who make the most interesting music of any genre did not grow up listening to that genre. He talked about EDM. Yeah. He said, 
the people who make who make the most interesting EDM music. That's EDM or, music. That's music. redundant. <laughs> the people who make make the most interesting EDM didn't grow up listening to EDM. Yeah. Because they bring such fresh perspectives to it, and it, that's how you know you can avoid just yeah. spinning the tires, so to speak. Yeah, I love it, and I mean, and that was, I mean, he proved that yeah. with Johnny Cash. I mean, yeah. he started out doing all those early rap records, hip hop, yeah. and then, yeah. I mean, who would have thought that he'd be like with Johnny Cash and a guitar? And yeah. make some of the best country, you know, or folk yeah. albums ever. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. But I, I love that. Like, yeah. And I've never been. Some people are. I I, I feel like they have a fear of that. Like mm -hmm. if they listen to something that it's gonna. I, I don't know. They're scared of it. But I've I've never had that. I've always. Yeah. I mean, early on, like when I was in high school, I listened to a lot of like emo and all that. You know. Um, and I thought, man, when emo was like the thing, I thought, man, I, I, I have like, this is heaven. It cannot get better than sunny day real estate and oh, yeah. <laughs> all that. And then I, I mean, and I still listen to those albums and think, man, this is good. Yeah. But man, I just yeah. I literally thought that was it. It was like that and a little bit of punk and mm -hmm. then. I, I, w I was content, and I'm so glad I didn't stay there. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that you've mentioned it, what was your little bit of punk? What, what, what was that? Um, it was, I mean, I, I kind of grew up in the, the Christian mm -hmm. scene, so it was a lot of tooth and nail. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, like yep. slick shoes and value yeah. packs and, and yeah. all these, like, I guess new school punk bands, you know. Um, and then my brother was really into like Operation Ivy and yeah, uh, the Ramones and Rancid and all that. So I got exposed. My brother's always been the punk. Like yeah, he's like super into punk, and I've 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 I can deal. I like I appreciate it, and I, I really do. I, I don't look at it as like noise. I, I really think it has art to it. Yeah. I just it doesn't it doesn't mm. do so, as much as other stuff does, but you know yeah. it's each his own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, he and I fight about that quite a bit. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm more I'm closer to where you, you're at with that. It's like yeah, I mm -hmm. can I can appreciate it for art. You know, it's mm -hmm. good music, but I just I just can't get into it as much. Oh yeah, well, yeah. And, and I'll I'll taking back Sunday's early stuff will bring me to tears. <laughs> Not even lying. <laughs> Yeah, my, my my wife's over here nodding. <laughs> Excellent. You got some Taking Back Sunday. What's the other band you like? AFI. Nice. Uh, I don't know. I love but, it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. So uh, I I have one more question that I wrote down. Yeah. Uh, and one day, I, I know you don't uh, tour much or play many shows, but one day I'm going to find it, you playing a show. And on that day, will you sign an album, Daniel, you ingrate, just wait till they deport you? Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Since I love your state so much, <laughs> and, you know, we were planning on coming back to Montana maybe next year. 
if I come to Kalispell, you know. Yeah, you got to hang gotta, out. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, do you? Are you guys like? Um, I'm sorry to do this, but how old are you guys? <laughs> we are 18. Oh God! <laughs> I was thinking you're like mid 20s. Now I feel really old. <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm sorry. I have completely won that if I got an 18 year old to discuss my dreary folk <laughs> music on their podcast, I mean, I, I, I've won. Oh, you, you certainly <laughs> have. <laughs> That's amazing. I loved it. I love it. Like, yeah. I, I like, I wanted to talk about this cause it blows my mind. I know that I'm like, like I, I make like, point zero 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 one cents on spotify mm -hmm. but i can go on there now and see that someone in the philippines is listening i mean mm -hmm. i'm i don't know maybe i'm just like i'm too easy to please but i'm just blown away by that like i'm like it's one thing that it's i mean now we've got this huge market where there's tons of people and there's tons of artists and now it's a lot to sort through, mm -hmm. but that someone can have that experience. And I'm, I'm, I never left. I never, I just, I made it and then I put it out and then somehow mm -hmm. you guys got it or whoever, you know, like that still just blows me away oh, and yeah. how you can like have relationships based on this stuff mm -hmm. that, I mean, 20 years ago, this would have been like something out of like, I don't know, Brave New World or something. Right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean... I, I love it. It's my, as, as I, I guess you'd call me a consumer in this market. That, that's one of my favorite things, too. It's not like, I haven't done it in a while, but especially when I was younger, it's just the, the geek in me. I would get on Noise Trade, and I would just find the page of, like, everything. And if it looked good, I'd download it, because I was like, I'm going to find the next guy, and I'm going to be the first one to find him. That's just what I do. Oh, I wish where there were like a hundred million of you, and they all lived in like, <laughs> like L.A., New York. <laughs> you know all the like, you know the buzz cities. Right. You know? But I, that, mean, I, was, I was reading today. It was like, yes, this guy was saying there was there's there's a wider reach now. Like it's like, like there's really no limit as to far as how far your music can go. But now you've got like little like dots in the map where you're like, Oh, I have two fans in Kalispell. Mm -hmm. I have three yeah. fans in Seattle, you know? And it's, it doesn't like, it doesn't transfer over to, um, like touring, you yeah. know, like, it's not like I can go, Oh, I've got the strong base in Kalispell. Now I can go. <laughs> Oh man, you, you could play the most epic house show ever in Kalispell. Yes. Oh man, I'd love that, man. Yeah. I would yeah. love that. Yeah. I mean, we're doing a house show in Memphis next week, and uh, I'm not. I think that's it for the summer. I mean, we don't. We haven't done. Last summer we did more um, because we. So I played in Omaha, and then Rapid City, South Dakota. Mm -hmm. And then what was the other? That was it. Yeah, but we we kind of played some shows on the way out to Livingston. Um, nice. But that was fun. But I we want to do it again. Yeah. So, 
especially when the states are like awesome, like Montana, we're like, yeah, yeah. we have motivation now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you do. <laughs> Uh, so here I'm gonna I'm gonna I lied to you I do have one more question. Okay. Big liar. So uh, in years before recent years where maybe you played a, a little bit more, have you noticed much of an influence on your art on years where you've toured a little or played more shows versus years where you haven't? Like, what kind of an impact does that have on what you write? Uh. I don't know if it necessarily had an impact. Well, yeah. When you're home more, being out on the road is glamorous in thought, mm -hmm. amazing in thought, miserable in practice. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. Like there's parts of it. You're like, like the last, uh, uh, time I, I played one of the last shows I played, I got to play in the atrium of Lincoln Center in New York. Oh, wow. Wow. And so, but I didn't have a, I needed to take a band. So I had a minivan. I took out the back seat of the minivan. We put all our junk in there and drove, and it was miserable. I thought, <laughs> like, I, I'm surprised that we're still friends, all those people, you know? <laughs> And it was great. We got to play the show and everything. Uh, mm -hmm. But I just, I don't miss that. Like, so when I'm like out playing and touring, I'm not thinking about writing. Yeah. I'm just honestly trying to survive. And yeah. like, because like you play and then everybody wants to stay up mm -hmm. and all that. And that's mm -hmm. not good for me. Like I, I, I start to deplete. And so when I'm home, that's when I really write is because like I'm in like a safe environment and I'm not having to go to whatever. Yeah. And that's when it just starts to really click for me. Gotcha. Yeah. So like you, you I think there's this like myth that when you're out on the road, you're going to write all these songs about being on the road with the band <laughs> and all that. Yeah. And maybe people do, but I sure didn't. I was like, get me away from these people. I don't. <laughs> That's great. Know? Um, and I and there, I mean, like I said, they're still friends and everything. But like by the end of that tour, we were just like dead silent. No one spoke. You know? <laughs> and I just, yeah. Oh man, you should do that again, and then get the perfect inspiration for an angry emo album. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. I can finally play in drop D. That would, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would be your huge break. All of a sudden, all the 18-year-olds would be listening to you. <laughs> you know, you know, my, my emo days are not over, you know. Never. One of these days. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's so funny. Like, man, I love how things change with it. Some things, like, some things don't. Like, yeah. In my high school like my high school days, late the late nineties, mm -hmm. Nirvana, that was Nirvana's heyday and all that. And then I like I see I teach middle school and kids are wearing Nirvana shirts. Those kids uh, don't know though. They've never heard Nirvana. You're right. You're exactly right. But still that is still part of the culture. Yeah. It, yeah, like, that's crazy. You know, it just it just blows me away. Like Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Yeah, backwards hat, my friend. You have any questions? 
Yeah. What? Um. Ask a good question. Ask a good question. Um. Who are you wearing? Who am I wearing? What? That's your question. That's my question. <laughs> that was yeah. a joke. That was a funny joke. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like I said, like this, the singer songwriter isn't really, like I said in the last podcast, it isn't really my, yeah, it isn't really my world. So I totally I'm, get it, man. I'm a little bit out of my depth, but yeah. I, but no, I, I, I liked uh, talking with you. It was good. Awesome, man. I, I like that's what I appreciated about you guys. It wasn't like it wasn't a trash fest or like, oh, this is crap. And it wasn't like, oh, this is amazing. There's nothing wrong with it. I love the balanced, balanced view. Uh, and I really appreciate that. And like I said before, like I know going in, like I feel like in some ways I'm kind of a <laughs> I'm kind of like a case by case, like an album by album artist like yeah there are going to be some albums that you're just going to be like oh this is my thing mm -hmm. and then there are going to be others that aren't yeah and, and i i'm okay with that some people aren't okay with that and i think a lot of those people are pressured by like labels or whatever to have hits every time mm -hmm. and i i feel like that's a privilege to not have to do that yeah because then it comes down to okay, what's what's in here for me? Like, what's what's in my heart? What what do I need to say right now? Uh, because like, if I don't believe in it, and it's not what I'm, I mean, I I don't know. Like to me, like hell would be for me to be like on a Christian label and someone say, okay, it's time to make the worship album. Yeah, oh, just yeah. go on and shoot me. I, yeah. I like I cannot do it. I cannot like, and I know I have friends that that lived through that, and they survived it and everything. But I, I just you you could do it. you could put on the tight pants. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ms. Tomlin, can you imagine me? Oh man, like, no. Can you only imagine? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah. I've got some other stories, but that's for another time. Okay, good. <laughs> have to have another time. Yeah. Well, um, so I, I have, I think, I think my house is about to get overrun with family pretty soon. So okay, yeah, great man. talking to you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, really yeah, it was, it was an honor, and I really appreciate you guys. And oh, heck yeah, ever in Nashville. Give me. We'll go for coffee or something. Okay. Oh, heck awesome. yeah, man. I, I need that. I need that sign. I need the. You in great. That's that's yeah. the bucket list, hey, right? There. You know, <laughs> like yeah, I'm 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 there. And you know, like if you're serious about a house show next summer, we will take you up on that for sure. Dang, Absolutely, yeah. got to get to it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Only the Best. Remember to leave a review, visit us on Facebook, and last but not least, stay radical.